Hey ladies, welcome to the Happy Body Podcast. I'm your host, Brooke. Does it feel like your brain is on overdrive? Maybe you're struggling with spiraling thoughts, uncertainty, and feeling like you can't relax. Well, hey, I have a solution for you. I'm a hypno coach, and I help women just like you every single day change the way their brains think so they can move through life's ups and downs feeling calm, confident, and energized. Let's dive in. My guest today is Associate Licensed Counselor and Holistic Nutrition and Wellness Coach, Lauren Kimbrough. This conversation is so much fun because Lauren and I actually went to undergrad together. We both were psychology majors at Rhodes College back in 2008. And in today's episode, we're going to be talking about burnout and major life transitions that have caused both of us to seek more authenticity in what truly makes us happy and have essentially been the catalyst for us changing our lives in the course of our careers. In addition to counseling and wellness coaching, Lauren's also recently launched a travel wellness business. So she's offering wellness retreats in the U.S. and is expanding to international destinations in 2024. So we're also going to be talking about the women's retreat she held recently in Blue Mountain Beach, Florida, and her next stop, which is a couple's retreat in Powder Mountain, Utah. Welcome, Lauren. Hello. I'm so glad to be here. You know, I think back, remember back in 2004 through 2008, mm-hmm. <laughs> who would have thought back then, I mean, that we would be doing this now. And we both kind of took roundabout ways to get here, right? Yes. Because you went sure. into like travel and some other things. Yes. And yes. I went into event planning <laughs> only to come right back here, right at around the same time as you. Yeah. Full circle. What was And your- I think a lot, both of our stories are like, like we're burned out. We got to take care of ourselves. Wait, didn't we major in how to take care of our minds and bodies? (laughs) It's almost like something within us knew, but Mm -hmm. at the time we weren't fully ready to step into it. But what was, what was available and known then I think has changed a lot, which. Oh, for sure. Those foundations are really important, but I think now all the research that's coming out around it is so fascinating. Although I will say my favorite undergraduate psychology class was the neuropsych class Mm. when we learned about neurons that fire together, wire together, and how you can actually change your brain. And I just remember being so fascinated by that. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. why aren't we all doing this? I don't get it. Like, why aren't we all just changing our brains? We can, we have the power. (laughs) We can do it. I know. I know. Sometimes we just have to go through life experience in order to get where we're at. I took a meditation class in college and I distinctly remember not getting it at all. Like (laughs) I, I was just like, this doesn't make sense. I don't get it. I remember learning if you have an itch, just like observe the itch, don't itch the itch. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like I've got an itch. (laughs) I need to itch the itch. Like this is fucking ridiculous. Like I don't get it. I, my brain couldn't comprehend it based on where I was at that time in my life. Like it Mm. just went right over my head. It did Mm -hmm. not make sense. Like it just didn't land. And so I do kind of laugh because even just when I was talking about our psychology majors for a second, I assumed that those other modalities weren't offered to us, but they were there. Meditation Mm. class was there, 
I just wasn't in a place to actually receive it. Like my level of consciousness just wasn't there yet. I had to go through everything that I went through to get to a place where I was finally ready to make the change and having compassion for where we were before and who we were before is so important in this journey. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. then also just being really happy to be here at this place. (laughs) Right. Right. Not so like, glad I'm not there. Yeah, anymore. not college Brooke anymore. <laughs> oh my God. I mean, she was fun, but I am so glad I am not there. Anymore. Oh, me too. Me too. But you're so right. I don't even remember the meditation class being offered. I was probably like, heck no. <laughs> That's weird. <laughs> yeah. okay. Sure, so, I judged that class. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Hmm. So what did you think hypnotherapy was before we did a session? And then how has that changed since actually working with me? Yes, I love this question. So I definitely in my mind was thinking, okay, this is, seems kind of (laughs) woo-woo. You know, what are we going to get into? Is it going to be a seance? What's going on? But that's like the the best one I've heard yet. (laughs) And the funny thing is, I would tell people I'm meeting with my meditation coach Yeah, because I didn't want them to be like, what? Hypnotherapy. This is weird. Most of my friends and family already think I'm like hippie weird anyway. So they probably wouldn't have been phased, but I was like my meditation coach, which I do feel like now that I've done it, I do feel like it is a deep guided meditation, right? Yeah. That gets you into the hypnosis state, but I definitely had some (laughs) reservations before. Yeah. And you make a really good point because there is this question of like, what's the difference between hypnosis and meditation? And it really, I think the biggest thing is that with hypnosis, we do the countdowns and the eye fascinations that cause that critical mind to drop into that meditative state faster. So like for me, before I ever tried hypnosis and I was just trying to meditate, I couldn't get to that super relaxed state. But with the Hmm. countdowns and the imagery, that was the first time I was like, oh, this is what it feels like to actually be in the space between thoughts. Yeah. Same. Before I was trying to do meditations using the apps and all the things. And it's so different once you have those cues. Yeah. So when I first reached out to you to start working with you, I had... I feel like just zero margin in my life. I was, and you probably remember, I just had way too many things on my plate in constant fight or flight mode. Didn't know how to sit still, was uncomfortable sitting still. I'm a doer anyways. I'm a doer. I'm an achiever. Both of my parents are. I was raised that way to like not sit still. You know, we don't take naps. We're constantly busy. And at the time I I had gone back to school. I was in an internship. I was running a business with my ex-husband that was high stress. And our relationship was really unhealthy. So it was just all of these stressful things at one time. And I was definitely in fight or flight mode. And I just felt tired all the time. You know, definitely some adrenal fatigue, cortisol high all the time. So when I started doing this with you, it really helped me to realize like, okay, I can self-regulate. I can slow down. What does that look like? But I needed someone to help me. You know, I needed someone to get me there. (laughs) I wasn't able to do it myself. When you came to me, did you know that you were in that state? Because I think what's interesting, what happens with a lot of people, and I see this with my clients is like, 
you feel like something's a little off, but you can't quite put your finger on what it is. And you've been living like what you just described. Your family was always like, we don't take naps. We go, go, go. We stay busy, right? A lot of us learn this. And so it's hard to know when that's been your entire reality, your whole life. It's hard to even understand that there's a different way of living. Mm -hmm. I don't think I knew right? I knew that it wasn't healthy and I was getting burned out and this wasn't, you know, sustainable, but I don't think I really made the connection of like, oh wait, I think I'm constantly in fight or flight mode, right? And yeah. obviously as a counselor with a psychology background, I know all those things, <laughs> fight, flight, yeah. freeze, bond, but you know, it's funny just because we are in the health and wellness world doesn't mean that we can't get stuck in our own patterns and so much of it subconscious, right? And that's the beauty of hypnotherapy yeah. is bringing it into awareness. So I would not say I was fully aware. No, when I started with you, yeah, I just knew like something had to change. Yeah. When we first started working together, we started with, all right, can we just carve out like 15 minutes in the morning to mm -hmm. set the day? Remember that was mm -hmm. like, let's yes. just start small. Yes. Yes, for sure. Because I think if you would have said, we need to do an hour in the morning, an hour in the evening. I would have been like, I, I can't do that. Right. Yeah. And so starting small with the little increments was, was really helpful. Now you had shared with me that you practice gentle hours from eight mm -hmm. to eight, which I think is amazing. Tell us about that. So I started last October every morning. So big transition in my life ended up going through a divorce last year, moved back home, so much change and transition. And I knew, and I was still working with you and seeing you, which was just such an awesome time to be continuing my work in hypnotherapy. But I started journaling every morning and I have done it now for a solid year. Obviously there are days when I miss it, if I'm traveling or I'm with family or something like that. But for the most part, I journal almost every morning and it's I would say a minimum of 20 minutes of just sitting outside. You know, I drink my lemon water, I get coffee or tea and I journal and reflect and it always looks different. I did a guided journaling exercise called the Hopeful Self Journal and it was started by Nicola Para, the holistic psychologist who's just full mm. of such great information and a therapist friend that I have here, they sort of modified it. And so I, I did that and it's 30 days and it's really rewiring those subconscious thoughts and talking about who we're becoming. So it's not about who I am right now, but it's where I'm going and who I'm becoming and really just sort of reframing that in our identity. And so I did that for 30 days and I've actually done that a couple of times throughout the year because you can do it anytime. But the, the point is to do it for 30 consecutive days. And yeah. so I did that and then always try to do gratitude and I'll just have different things that I read in the morning. So that has been something that's really important and foundational. And the gentle hours are something that um, recently, I would say about two months ago, my boyfriend and I started doing from 8 p.m. to 8 a.m. Just recognizing how important it is to disconnect, disconnect yeah. from work, disconnect from our phones, really have time together in the evenings to unwind, talk, sit outside, cook dinner, and then also in the morning to not just jump out of bed and start working or get on our phones or, you know, it's so easy to get in those habits. I mean, our phones are so, so addictive and there's so many distractions. And so that has been a really big game changer. And there are times where I'm tempted or mm -hmm. he, you know, he's like, Oh, I got it. And I'm like, 
you know, we're in the general hours. Remember, we'll talk about that tomorrow, right? If, I love if work that. gets brought up or something stressful and we just kind of laugh it off and it's like, okay, you're right. And we have those boundaries and respect it. And so I just, I love incorporating that into my life. It has been a game changer. It's really interesting because when you're busy and you have a lot going on, the last thing you want to do is pause and actually spend time not doing right. Yes. Like it feels like there are those mornings when you wake up and it's like, okay, I got to just like start firing off emails and check some things off my list. But what so many of us don't understand is like when you start your day that way, especially when you first wake up, you're in that alpha theta brainwave state. So you're in Mm -hmm. a state of hypnosis. When you first wake up in the morning, if you look at your phone, if you start sending emails, if you turn on TV, you're absorbing that information Mm -hmm. and you're literally setting a foundation to start an entire day in the state of fight or flight. And then when you're in the state of fight or flight, you're going to be less productive, less focused your work will be messier, right? By carving out that time, it's like you're putting money in the bank really for later. Yes, yes, I love that. Yeah, that was actually something Dr. Erin Kinney, she's a naturopathic doctor and she was on an episode of Happy Body Podcast a couple months back and she she called it putting money in the bank. Think of that Mm. rest time as putting money in the bank. As women who are balancing a lot, especially if you have your own business, or if you're working virtually and you're getting emails as soon as you wake up in the morning until late at night, it's really important to put some boundaries in place with that and know that you're going to be more effective by carving out that time in the morning. What do you think was the turning point that caused you to make that a lifestyle? Oh gosh, you know, that's hard to say because I will say during the time last year when we were working together, it was it was a constant struggle. I don't know if you remember me saying I need to go upstairs. There's so many distractions in the morning. I had to create this space. And even then it was still hard. Yeah. And so I really think the turning point, um, you know, I made such a big decision last year to leave my marriage. That was the probably biggest decision I've made in my life thus far. And it was contributing so much to that fight or flight. You know, it was almost it was hard for me to get out of the toxicity without literally removing it from my life. And so when I, when I finally drew the line in the sand there and chose a different path for myself and my life to truly take care of me. And I knew it was what I needed for my dignity and my individual self. When I did that, then I realized, wow, okay, I have to take care of myself and I can do this. And it was almost like it wasn't a choice. It was like, this is what I have to do. And then when I started to do it, it felt so right. I have to nurture myself. I have to do this. And this is what it looks like for me. And it looks different for everybody. But for me, it was that morning time. And for several months, it ended up being a lot more than just the morning because I was going through a lot, figuring out, starting over my life in a lot of different ways. And so there was a lot of reflection, a lot of journaling, a lot of prayer. Um, a lot of leaning on friends and family and, and therapists and all of that, but that was the biggest turning point for me. And, um, yeah. When you start to turn the lights on some of the subconscious ways we've been maybe not loving ourselves or taking care of ourselves, everything in your environment that you chose up until that point sometimes starts to shift. 
right? Yes. Yes. And it changes what you're willing to expose yourself to. Yes. Yes. 100%. Yeah. And it can happen with the friendships, people you surround yourself with. It can happen with the job or career, the, the line of work that you're in. But I think it's really important root cause work, right? Because you're yes. just becoming more in alignment with who you are and what is loving and healthy for you. Yes, yes, for sure. And so I think it was a combination early last year of the work that I was doing with you, really getting into some subconscious patterns of ways that I spoke to myself and things that lies that I believed about myself and my limiting beliefs. Mm -hmm. And I did a lot of work with a therapist and a lot of workshops. And so it was just a combination of a lot of things at the same time of me really just knowing myself better. Right. Mm -hmm. And then knowing, wow, what, what do I, who am I? What do I deserve? And is the way I'm living right now aligned with that? And so, yeah, it was, it was a really hard year, really intense, but really beautiful in so many ways of just, yeah. And yeah, I'm so grateful that this work and work with you was a part of that. You just said something too, about your self-talk and how you speak to yourself. This is why I'm always going on and on and on about self-talk, right? (laughs) With you, with my clients, with, in my podcast and how it's so important because the way you speak to yourself becomes the mirror by which you perceive your entire world, but it also sets a bar for what you're willing to receive in your relationships and in your life, every relationship. I'm not just talking about romantic, but I mean, like even at work with friendships, right? So if you're talking to yourself in a certain way, then you'll put yourself in situations where others will reflect that back to you. When you start shifting the internal self-talk, it changes your relationship to you. It changes what environment you'll put yourself in essentially. 100%. Yes. When I started changing the way that I saw myself and talked to myself, A, I had to recognize it first, right? Yeah. Recognize the critical things that I was saying to myself and then realize, wow, okay, my life totally changed when I started to speak differently to myself. And and I use that all the time with clients. I mean, we yeah. all have the inner critic we have something like 80,000 thoughts a day. And I think 50 to 60,000 of them are negative, right? And so it's mm-hmm. like, oh my gosh, if we're speaking and thinking negatively, it affects the way we walk into a room, the way people approach us or not approach us and, and really who we are becoming, right? Yeah, I know you work with a lot of young women, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Like in their teens, Yes, and A lot so of teenagers, yeah. How much different would our lives, both of my life too, would it have been had somebody said to me when I was 16, Hey, FYI, there's going to be this voice in your head. It's like a narrator. It's basically you talking to you, but for the most part, it's going to be kind of negative. It's like that cave woman (laughs) commentator, just pointing out all the things that you're doing wrong and you have to train that voice or else it's going to make you feel like shit for the rest of your life. But what's cool about this is that you've discovered it now and now you're turning around and you're working with young women and this is exactly what you're teaching them. Yes. And I tell them that exact thing, right? Because you and I were both high school girls at one point too, had my own struggles. And if I would have known these things when I was 16, the trajectory could have been so different, but that's okay. I mean, I, I look at, I look at the last 20 years and I'm like, okay, I am who I am because of what I've gone through. 
But I also know that our own experiences and being able to work through and grow and learn about our own selves makes our work with others and other women that we sit with that much more powerful. Yeah. And for me to say, hey, I've I've been there or I still struggle with X, Y, and Z. Yeah. That makes us relatable, right? Because I think yeah. people think, oh, you're a counselor. You've got it all figured out. Oh, yeah. Like, well, <laughs> no, I, you know, and I still see a counselor and Yes, I've grown a lot and I've broken patterns and all these things, but it will be a constant evolving, right? And growing and new challenges and new self-awareness, I'm sure. Yeah. It's that level of authenticity to be able to show up with, here's my story. I know how it feels to be where you are, but I'm also living proof of that transformation. I think we're always going to be evolving and there are always people that are going to know more and have had more experience and they're older and wiser. And I love to surround myself with women, men, professionals that are farther along than me. And I still see a counselor, you know, pretty regularly. It's kind of once a month right now, but I want that to always be a part of my life. I have a mentor here who is also a counselor and She's wonderful. And we talk a lot. We actually meet weekly, regularly for just supervision and mentorship. And so, so important. And knowing too, that I have to take care of myself, right? And what does that look like? (laughs) That looks Mm -hmm. like the gentle hours, the journaling, going to yoga, going to the gym, making sure that I'm fueling my body and sleeping well, that never ends. You know, I think the difference now is it's, it's my lifestyle and it's not work you know, it doesn't feel like a burden. It feels like fuel. And there are times when I slip, there are times when I slip, but like I crave getting back on Mm -hmm. my routine and my lifestyle. Yeah, absolutely. Why don't you share with us some of your favorite healing modalities? I love, I love yoga. It's been such a big part of my life and breath work as well. Vu breath is another one you've mentioned before. What's Mm -hmm. that? Mm-hmm. So Vu Breath is really cool. A guy named Peter Levine created it. And he says, it's always a good idea to do the Vu Breath. The idea behind the Vu Breath is it activates the vagus nerve. Mm-hmm. So I use it a lot with clients who maybe are kind of offline, you know, just sort of maybe disconnected from their bodies for sure. And it's just a way to get them in their bodies and to also recognize that I can feel good in my body. Mm-hmm. Like I can feel good because they're looking for coping mechanisms and maybe they're not finding any that are positive, right. And loving to their bodies. And so the VU breath is you inhale like big belly breath and then you exhale and you say VU and you go VU and you fully exhale. And the deeper you can kind of get with that vibration, the more powerful it is. And it just sort of vibrates in, you know, your throat, but really activating that vagus nerve and and do it like four or five times and then notice, okay, how does that feel? How do you feel? How do you feel in your body now versus before? And most times people will say, whoa, I feel calm. I feel at peace or I feel aware or focused or something like that. And then you'll, and then you'll say, okay, I really want you to soak this in close your eyes for 20 seconds and really soak in how you feel right now, because we want to know that, okay, you can feel good in your body. Yeah. And there's so much negativity with their body and just sort of pain that they have a hard time believing that, wait, yeah, I can actually feel good. 
Um, so that's the boo breath. It's really, wow. really I love awesome. That. I think back to before I became a hypnotherapist, when I first started discovering this work and I was going to yoga classes, when I first learned about the physiological sigh, when you take a deep breath and you're just like, ah, mm-hmm. like super yes. loud exhale. <laughs> and I just remember being like, oh my God, this feels so good. And I was in events at the time. So I would be in my office and I would just be taking like physiological sighs all the time, deep breaths and sighing it out. <laughs> and we had a new employee that had started. And I remember he had asked one of the other girls, like, is she okay? Right. Cause like, does any, you know, cause nobody breathes like that. He'd be like, is she okay? And they're like, yeah, she's fine. She's just taking a detoxing exhale. <laughs> I love it. And by the I end of it. like my time there, I was in that job for five years. I had everybody in the office doing detoxing exhales with me. <laughs> I love it. It's like, Hey, it works. It feels good. Do it. It does. Do more of that. Yeah. And it's actually phenomenal. The vagus nerve, for those of you who are listening, who are like, what the heck are we talking about? The vagus nerve is the 10th cranial nerve. It goes down the back of your neck. It's kind of like a second spine and vibration against that nerve activates parasympathetic. It actually tells the body in the moment, like you are safe. So it, it hits the off switch on fight or flight. So like the VU breath with that, like vibration of saying VU or the OM in yoga, or any kind of breath work, or even like prayer, right? Or chanting. If you think about it, that's all, those those are all modalities that are vibrating on that vagus nerve that are calming the nervous system. It's mm-hmm. super powerful. Um, it's actually the reason why I've started using breath work in almost all of my sessions with my clients, because you're right. It's like, you can kind of drop into the body and get out of that mm-hmm. like noise of the mind. You can slow everything down enough and then use imagery to create that change once you're in that state. Yes. Um, Yes. Yeah. Something that my mentor here, Carla, that I learned from her that I think of personally and with clients all the time is she says, you can't calm the mind before you calm the body. So we have to calm the body first. So when you think of anxiety, right, and we're in our thoughts and we're overthinking and you're just, you're trying to stop it. But if we don't, drop into our bodies using some sort of modality, it's like, you're going to be stuck in your mind. Absolutely. Yeah. It's that bottom up processing. It's like, yep. sometimes you can't think your way out of it. You literally right. just have to, whether it's through like breath or somatic movement, yoga, mm-hmm. it's just like moving the energy in your body mm-hmm. that fight or flight energy has to go somewhere. Mm-hmm. So when we use breath or we use movement, you're able to take that electrical charge of fight or flight and neutralize it. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of amazing. I mean, it's fascinating. So you have a couples retreat coming up. Yeah. So I'm so glad you asked. I I started my wellness travel business this year. Like you said, I had a history in the travel business. So I've been incorporating my work with travel and creating these meaningful experiences. The, the beach retreat was, it was the coast of Florida. So the concept was disconnect to reconnect. Let's get out of our environment to reconnect with ourselves, reconnect with others. It was a combination of movement, delicious food, daily workshops around relationships, stress, body image. We did breath work and meditation and yoga and paddle boarding and just really fun weekend. So I'm going to be doing that again in March. But the next one is going to be in Powder Mountain, Utah this winter. It's in January and February. And I'm so excited about this because 
skiing has always been my number one favorite. To be able to combine that with creating this experience for couples, I'm just so fired up about. So there are six night trips and we have the package where we included skiing or snowboarding, everything, the lift tickets, we have guides, we're going to day of snowmobiling, every couple gets a massage. We have a really cool four bedroom lodge there in Eden, Utah, which is an hour from Park, Park City. We're going to have a chef at the house, delicious gourmet meals. And, and Powder Mountain has the largest amount of skiable acreage in North America, actually. And it is not crowded, touristy, like some places in Colorado are. It's more remote, but really, really, really great skiing. It's great for all levels. We're going to cater to beginners with an instructor, but also people that ski a lot and just want to get into fresh powder. And I'm going to be doing a couple workshops. I love Enneagram work and I love working with couples on that. And we'll do some goal setting as well. The importance of getting aligned and like having some goals, personal, professional for our family. And then the rest will just be fun and relaxing and skiing and good food and good wine. And yeah. I'm pumped. Awesome. If you want to find Lauren on Instagram, or if you want to check out one of her retreats, I'm going to link to it below. Lauren, thank you so much for coming on today. It was really cool to be able to walk through your journey. And it's been really amazing watching you go through this journey. And I want to thank you for being so authentic and, and sharing your story, because I know it's inspiring to those of us listening. Mm, thank you so much. I appreciate you.